Hey everyone, I'm Abe and this is 20. Today I'm talking with Ian from Niagara Falls, Canada. And in 20 questions, we're going from how was your Tuesday to questions of basic identity and purpose. Hey Ian, how's it going today? It's going great. I'm excited to be on your podcast, Abe. Thanks so much for joining me. We only have around 30 minutes, so I'm just going to begin. Sounds good. So I like to start off my podcast episodes with this question. How would your friends describe you? I think my friends would describe me as someone who's ambitious and pretty competitive, but likes to make sure that everybody has a good time or everybody wins some way. Um, and somebody who says it like it is. What are you most competitive about? So it doesn't matter whether it's like sports or academics or I don't know, something like that. It's I want to be the best that I can be. And it's not about being somebody else. It's about being a better me. And that's where I get competitive is where I want to win and improve kind of thing. So do you have any people you look up to that are competitive or in the um, athletes or businessmen or women um, that you look up to in terms of um, who, who are really competitive? Um, no, not particularly. There are people who I, I like certain things about them or I've read a bit about them, but there's no one that I've, that comes to mind super quickly that is extremely competitive. And usually when you see people who are extremely competitive, at least from what we see, they are positioned in a way that makes them seem kind of cutthroat. And I don't think that's what competitive necessarily means, but that's how media portrays it sometimes in order to have a story. But I think anyone who's in business or anyone who's an athlete is competitive and driven to win. Otherwise, they wouldn't be where they are. Sure. Does um, What does competitive mean to you then? Competitive means striving to be excellent in whatever craft you're doing or whatever activity you're doing at that time. And it doesn't mean you have to pursue it for a long period of time and become the best, but it just means working hard towards accomplishing something, what like a small little task or a larger task over time, but it means pushing and trying to do it well. So we've been friends for a couple of years now, and uh, you just graduated college, so congratulations. Um, what's been the biggest accomplishment that you've had so far in your life? My biggest accomplishment? Um, I guess people would see it as having started a business at 16, I was turning 17, and then I just recently sold it last winter, so in like December a couple months ago. Awesome. I always uh, talk about my friend Ian, who I met via just a random friend, and I talk about how you're really driven and excited to accomplish things. And um, so, can you share a little bit about what, like, how that came about, how your business came about? Sure. So, I was 16 years old, and I'd always wanted to start a business. I was interested in it, reading about it, stock market, you know, typical stuff of the kids who get interested in business at an early age. And I figured out that there was an opportunity for inflatable rentals in like backyards instead of just commercial rentals, which are a lot bigger, a lot more expensive. And this seemed like an opportunity that I could actually take advantage of myself where I could just get a minivan, a couple inflatables, work on weekends, didn't need any serious licensing or any serious insurance. And it was something that I could start up as a 16 year old and 
leverage my time because I could have an inflatable out in someone's backyard making money even though I wasn't there. And then I go pick it up at the end of the day and do it again weekend after weekend. So tell me, like, tell me about how it came about. Like, you know, did you just randomly look online for inflatables that you wanted to rent and then rent out to other people? Or how did you go about, like, as a 16-year-old, start the starting steps of starting your business? Yeah, we had used them as kids ourselves. And we purchased one or two, I think, and then just rented them out kind of, like, friends, family, just people that we knew. It wasn't a business. It was more just... You know, people knew that we had them and then I wanted to turn it into a business. And I had actually purchased one when I was probably like 13 or 14, rented it out a bunch of times and then sold it for what I bought it for. And so I decided I would turn this into a business instead of just a hobby, I guess you could say. Sure. So that's like a really um, kind of progressive mindset as a 16 year old, a lot of in my opinion, a lot of 16 year olds are not thinking about that. How did you um, relate to your peers? Was it hard um, with, you know, an entrepreneurial mindset as a 16 year old um, to relate to your peers? Um, It wasn't a huge thing. I didn't like it wasn't a center of attention kind of thing. Um, I would say it was fine to relate with peers, but sometimes it's difficult when you're always looking for more and driven and trying to achieve and you're really pushing to like excel in whatever field you're pursuing and some people aren't as passionate as you and it's difficult for them to either keep up or deal with the level of interest or excitement that you have in certain areas and I think that could be a tension point for some people is one person's really ambitious and then someone else is just like not that ambitious and then it's kind of someone's striving more than the other and there's just not a a flow and I don't know. It never was really an issue for me, but I can see in other aspects um, of my life or other people's lives where your friends can change based on how driven you are. So if somebody's really working hard and long hours to you know make it to the top of the corporate ladder or starting a business, a startup that takes a lot of time, then they might not have as much time for their friends or for other things and it can cause tension. But for me, it's been not a problem. That's awesome. That's really good to hear that you've been able to um, hang out with your friends and them not be intimidated by your greatness, if you will. Thank you. Um, So kind of um, uh, getting back into, you know, your life and you being right out of college, what are, what are some of the hardest things that you've experienced post-graduation, whether it be fears or just transitioned into the real world. Um, can you share a little bit about that? Sure. Great question. Also, I think I have some decent things to share on this. So I've always been a person who is fairly planned. I keep a calendar. I keep a reminders list. I know what's going on in my life. And so for the last 18 months, I've been studying in Germany as a part of a dual degree program. And at the end of that time, I wasn't sure if I was going to pursue a job in Germany, a job in France, in England, somewhere in that area, or I was going to come home and look for something. And coming out of university, so I studied business, I have a lot of opportunities to work in finance, accounting, sales, marketing, operations, any of business-related activities. And I had goals throughout my life, but at this point coming out of university, I felt that I had so many options in different countries 
that it was difficult for me to really focus in and maybe even like apply for jobs. So I didn't know exactly what I wanted. And that made it difficult to take the next step forward. And so there's uncertainty in my life for the past two, three months. And that's one of the hardest things about coming out of university is there's a lot of opportunities. And even if there's a lot of opportunities, there's still only certain ones that you'll even get an interview for. Or so by opportunities, I'm thinking about jobs, but there's also opportunities in travel abroad programs or volunteering. But for me, I was looking for a job. And what I would say to do better the next time, if I ever was graduating college again, is <laughs> to really figure out what I want specifically and to mm -hmm. go for that. Sure. That makes sense. I think a lot of times we're given this kind of um, kind of schedule in our you know acad academics that, okay, well, you have to know what you're doing and that's kind of really hard um as as you get older because your mind could change and you know like you said now you wish you could have um focused on one other thing so did you um did you go to germany um specifically for um business or did you just really want um to kind of experience some some studying abroad or was it a mix of both or kind of share about what drew you to germany so the way i ended up in germany is um, it starts back in high school. At the end of grade 12, or 12th grade, I applied to this program called the Bachelor of Business Administration International Dual Degree Co-op. It's a mouthful. It's from the Brock University, it's from Brock University in St. Catharines. And what I would end up doing is two and a half years at Brock and one and a half years abroad in Germany. And it was just the way that the program was set up at that time is, I didn't have a choice, it was Germany. And that's how I ended up there. I chose this program because it offered international experience and I love to travel and I thought it would be a good opportunity to travel more and meet people in Germany, kind of live in a new culture, live in a new country. And it did end up being exactly what I thought and it was a really good time. Sure. For those of you who don't know Ian, he's really good at videography and I've um, seen some of his videos and Ian, what, what, was one of your favorite moments in your travels while studying abroad? And can you kind of paint that picture for us? Yeah, so there's different things that come to mind. There's the small, close... So I was over in Germany with 15 other Canadians from the program who were selected for it. And there's moments from where we're hanging out at my house and we're, you know, all doing a potluck and we have like a party kind of thing. Or there's the time we went to Portugal. There was 10 of us. We rented two cars. We stayed in an Airbnb went to the beach, enjoyed ourselves. Um, and then one of my other favorite experiences was a road trip through Norway that I did towards the end of my exchange and actually made like a movie about it. And it's just such a beautiful country with the fjords and the water and just traveling. And what you find out after you travel enough is that it's not as cheesy as it sounds, not the destination, but it's the journey. Because with like planes and buses and cars and the internet, you can get somewhere so easily that if you're worried rush, about rushing to get there, it kind of takes the fun out of traveling, I find. Sure. No, that makes sense. Great. I Norway's on my, my bucket list, so I'm, I'm jealous. I plan on going. Um, so Ian, for my 12th question, what is something that you think about often? How to be successful. 
It's a question that comes to my mind often, and I thought about it again today, but I thought about it in a different context in that I think about it frequently enough that I feel that if I'm focused on it, that it will be at the center of my attention or top of my mind. And in anything that I do, it's kind of, how do I be successful in this? And that leads to success, I think. Sure. So it seems like you're super driven, you're super passionate about wanting to be successful. Like how do you keep that drive? How do you how do you keep it in the forefront of your mind? What do, what do you do you do certain things every day? Do you talk to certain people to keep you inspired? What do you do? Um I would say it comes from within. So that's the first place so that it's it's always going to be there. Hopefully it's always going to be there. It's about wanting to achieve more. It's not necessarily being unsatisfied. So I'm extremely happy with my life. I'm pleased with the things that I've done. Um, I don't feel that I'm a failure. I don't feel that I'm a success. I feel that I'm progressing through life and it's going well. There's people, of course, there's people I look up to. And it's not just one individual. It's just little things from people that I learn here and there. But it's really just about wanting to wanting to excel and wanting to be somebody that other people might be inspired by someday because I've been disciplined and put the work in to become successful. And successful doesn't necessarily just mean financial. It's one of the important like pillars of success for me. But if you're not happy, then there's no point in having money. And so even like if I think back to my exchange, like I was living as a student I had a tiny little apartment. I was eating cheap food. When I would travel, I'd travel cheap. And I loved it. It was the best time of my life. And it didn't cost a ton of money. And so you can see from that experience that you can be happy. And that is successful to many people. And I feel that my exchange was a success. But right now, the next step in my life is a career, earning money, building up a portfolio, um, hopefully of real estate is one thing I'm interested in and setting myself up for financial independence. Hmm. Awesome. What do you love about real estate? I think the powerful thing about real estate is that if you get a job, let's say it's a $50,000 a year job, the bank will lend you more money that you can put towards a house. So $50,000 job, you can get a, let's say $200,000 mortgage. So you can really leverage the amount of the money, amount of money that you make and purchase an asset that you wouldn't be um, typically able to afford. And then if the house appreciates or you put, you find an underperforming asset and you increase the value of it, there's just so many ways to make money in real estate. And it's something that people always need. People always need a place to stay or live. It's not necessarily that they'll be willing to pay exorbitant amounts if the market's extremely hot but people need a place to live and you have a tangible asset. So when you invest in the stock market, you're investing in a company which has tangible assets, but it seems a little bit less uh, certain. A house will be there. Like it's a, it's a tangible asset. So I think there's a lot of benefits to real estate and there's been countless articles about how real estate creates the most millionaires. Hmm. Well, it seems like you're ahead of the game. I, I envision you being on the the cover of like Inc. Magazine or Forbes one day because, damn, 
you know a lot and it's really cool. Um, I'm, I only have six questions left, so I'm going to kind of dive a little bit deeper into your life. And this is a question that I ask every episode. Um, when is the last time you cried and why? Let me think. The first thing that comes to mind might not be the most recent, but okay, actually I do remember. So the most recent one is when my grandma passed away. I was abroad in Germany and I found out that she'd passed away and it was during exam time. Um, and the reason that I cried wasn't because she passed away, but because I felt like sad for my family who was here, who kind of had to see her struggle. And I felt sad for my dad who just lost his mom. Mm. I'm sorry, man. That's okay. That must've been stressful it's, to be away. It, I think for me, it was personally easier because I didn't have to be there. And I don't know if it sounds terrible, but I didn't have to see her and kind of okay. associate that. But that's that's how I perceived it. And totally yeah, everyone mean, life cycle, you know, sure. Everyone deals with uh, grief differently, too. So. Um, so for my 16th question, um, what do you often it's a two part question. What do you often look down on people for? And what do you think people look down on you for? So by looking down on people, it's, it's judging. And as much as I try not to do that, I don't know people's story. I look down or I don't like if I see people not exactly working hard and really trying to, you know, if they're in a poor situation, trying to work themselves out of it. And I know it's not easy all the time for people to do that, but I think sometimes people have an attitude of, you know, the world is against me or I can't do this. And a lot of times that comes from how they were raised, their parents, the people around them. And it has, it's just how they are as a result of their environment. And I was fortunate to be raised in an environment where my parents always said, you know, believe in yourself, you can do it, set your mind to it, that kind of thing. So that's something that I think I look down on people for is if they're not working hard enough or if they have an attitude where they say I can't do it or they just don't feel in control of their lives. And what was the second question? Um, what do you think people look down on you about? Um, maybe, maybe how frank I can be or how critical that's probably something that people would say, um, kind of like they could say I'm emotionless. I've, I would just say it how it is because I, I want feedback all the time. And mm -hmm. sometimes I know I give it to other people, even if they don't ask. So that can be seen as critical. Gotcha. So you talk a lot about, you talk a lot about you working hard and you're really determined. Um, has there ever been a time in your life that you just like wanted to give up because you've kind of fallen flat on your face? Um, not that I can recall, like nothing that comes to mind exactly. There's probably been, there's obviously been times where I've been less motivated and stuff like that, but I try and stay pretty, pretty motivated and committed to whatever I'm doing. Yeah. So, so you haven't, you know, experience any hardships that kind of set you back or have you? There's nothing that comes to mind like super quick. Sure. Uh, 
and I I say that like I talk about that with my like, my family sometimes and say like I'm super blessed and I've been you know raised in a great environment but I think some of it comes down to mentality so even if it was difficult or even if it was hard I would never perceive it in such a way because then it would just be a waste of my energy to be like oh this is this is too hard or I can't do that and complaining and complaining doesn't help so I wouldn't my attitude wouldn't perceive something as too difficult or if it's a challenge then I step up so like there's been courses where like in school and high school there was a course where the first two weeks I was absolutely terrible in it and I was just I wasn't understanding and so I became very determined to do well in it and I did extremely well in the course and then same thing in university um, again a couple of the courses where I wasn't doing too well and then I just decided that it was difficult and I needed that challenge and so I took it on but there's nothing where I think if you decide that something's too hard or you want to complain about it you're just wasting your efforts and your energy on complaining and you're not really serious about accomplishing it you should kind of push that out of your mind and say it's it's a challenge it's difficult but here's how I can approach it and here's how I can tackle the problem mm. it's very optimistic and deterministic yeah I try and be optimistic but also realistic sure cool if if you were to write and my 18th question if you were to write an autobiography about your life what would it be called and share with me you know what would be kind of a highlight of the book all right um, the title, well, if it's an autobiography, maybe I just call it Ian Poole and I don't know, um, <laughs> nothing, nothing too clever right now, but I would want it to be something that inspired people to work towards their dreams. Because if it was, I think Tim Ferriss said it, if it was that easy, then we'd all have six packs and we'd be billionaires living in Malibu or something like that. Right. If, if success was as easy as some of these uh, links say or book titles or whatever they are um, five easy steps or becoming a millionaire everyone would be one so for my autobiography I think a highlight or I would hope a highlight would be how I kind of followed the typical educational path so I got my degree and then I started working and then from work I saved up money and then pursued a kind of an entrepreneurial journey in real estate and multiple businesses and how I just worked and tried to make people around me happy, tried to make myself happy and leave a legacy. Because if you just make tons of money and you die, like I'd rather have a legacy than to die like rich, you know? Sure. That makes sense. You live what, forever. Yeah. What kind of legacy do you want to leave? Just something where people would think, you know, he was a good guy, he contributed to the community, he made other people strive to achieve their own dreams, all that cheesy stuff, you know, like motivational, but that's, that's what I want to do. And I think sometimes there's people that go unnoticed and I know I've done things that people don't know about that I've helped people out and there's, there's not necessarily a need for people to know like what you've done. But for those people who you've impacted their lives, like they know that their lives have changed or whatever. I don't think it's cheesy at all. I think, I think if more people had that mentality like you do, I think our world would be a little bit of a better place. 
So kudos to you for that. Uh, my last question, <clears throat> and I end every episode off with this question as well. Um, what is the biggest life lesson you've learned so far? And can you share um, your story in that? Biggest life lesson. Um, I think, so for me personally, I think it's, I don't know, maybe it's me, maybe it's other people. When major events happen in life, it's kind of hard for me to process it. Like it doesn't seem like it's real or I don't understand the significance of it. But something that is pretty impactful is that everybody dies and you never know when it's going to be. And so you should basically be living your life happy every day or at least like every day is not going to be perfect, but it should be bringing you closer to your, your goals and like your aspirations. And so the fact that you're going to die is kind of motivating to push every day. Like we have 24 hours in a day and I think you need to go to bed at night knowing what you want to accomplish the next day and drive for that. And like nothing's going to come and like nothing's going to come to you easy or your goals aren't going to be accomplished. If you just wait, like time's still going to go by. So you need to really drive and chase whatever you want. Hmm. That's awesome. And I feel like you've done that um, already in your life and that's super inspiring. So um, yeah, that's all the 20 questions that I can ask. So um, yeah, thank you so much for your time, Ian. And um, you're super inspiring, especially for a young, um, recently out of college grad and not that age is important, but you've been doing things for a long time. And that's why I wanted to interview you because um, you have a different mentality than a lot of people. And I think a lot of people can get um, a lot from you and learn a lot from you. And um, I just really appreciate your time sharing uh, your story with us. No problem. Thank you. And that's, I think that's why we connected and we get along so well is because we both share similar interests and passion for succeeding and, and helping other people to like, live out their dreams kind of thing. Totally. And I, this is the platform that I want to do it on because everyone has such a unique story, but, um, it's a really cool way to get, you know, a little bit out of, um, of just the everyday Joe. So, um, thanks again, Ian. And, um, I want to thank you all for listening today and that is all for me. So until next time, keep it real. Cheers.